John chapter number four in your Bibles this morning. And uh, remember last week we talked about <clears throat> the, uh, the woman of Samaria, very loose woman, uh, immoral woman, uh, met Christ and was born again through the message that Jesus preached. He made it clear that uh, he was the um, water that would satisfy her thirsty soul. And uh, there was something missing, there was a void in her life, and Jesus uh, filled that void. Uh, by the way, if you're here this morning and you've never tasted the water of life, and Jesus has never satisfied your thirsty soul, you need to do that today. Uh, your hope will not be in religion, it will not be in a baptism, it won't be in a preacher, it won't be in uh, whatever it may be, your, your history of, of church, your only hope is in Christ, he needs to satisfy your thirsty soul. Uh, but the woman got saved. We, so she was born again. And excited about that, she left her water pot. Remember, she left what she was focused on, focused on finding water, focused on the water pot, focused on her journey. And uh, she left a changed woman, and she went on purpose, and uh, she preached to the folks <clears throat> there in the city. Come meet a man which told me all things that I did. And uh, remember, I challenged you last week to, uh, to go out of your way and share the gospel with somebody. And I wonder, did you do that? Uh, did you go to somebody and say, let me tell you about where I found the water of life? Xavier and I, we were, we were at Dunkin' Donuts on Friday, and uh, my man Jay walked in. And uh, Jay owns a tattoo shop. And, uh, and he walked in, and, and uh, I, said, I, I stopped and I said, man, good to see you. And, uh, and I, I'm by my church from Detroit. And uh, Jay's going to come one day soon. I texted him on Friday afternoon. I said, ma'am, if I can do anything for you, Jay, let me know. And uh, he said, preacher, thank you. I'm going to show up one day soon. And uh, then on Friday afternoon, uh, Chris called me with his car problems. And I called Junior, my man. And uh, she, again, I, I called him. And uh, he said, what are you doing, preacher? I said, well, he calls me preacher man. I'm like, that's pretty cool, right? He said, what are you doing, preacher man? I said, well, I said, I'm just I hang out with, with, uh, with Chris. His car's not working. I said, what are you doing? He started talking. I said, you know, I said, Junior, he was sick. I said, you know, if you died, you realize you, would, you wouldn't spend eternity with me, don't you? I said, you realize because you've never been born again, you wouldn't go to heaven. And uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And uh, man shared the gospel again with him. But, but I think about it. Did you go out of your way to share the gospel? I hope you did this week. And I hope you took the message, just not Sunday morning. Uh, listen, the purpose of church is not to sit in church and check off the list, went to church, but no, we need to be active in applying the message. And as we come to John chapter number 4 and uh, verse number 31, notice the Bible says there. It says, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him up to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, already to harvest. Father, I pray this morning uh, that we would move past our distractions. And may we be focused on the job you've called us to, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been distracted? Man, let me just be honest with you folks. It happens all the time. Chris, when you called me and you said, my vehicle is having problems, I was in a groove of study. I'm talking about, man, I had six common commentaries out. I got my Bible here. I got, you know, pulled up online stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm in the groove of studying, right? And uh, man, Chris calls me. My car's not, van's not working right. And uh, let me just say, that was a distraction. It was a good distraction. And uh, whenever God puts distractions in our life, it's a good thing. 
And uh, sometimes there's a junior that needs the gospel preached. Sometimes there's a brother or a sister that needs encouragement. Distractions are sometimes are from the Lord, but sometimes distractions will hinder us from doing the work of God. And when it comes to those kind of distractions, there's a danger of being focused upon the temporal instead of being focused upon the will of God. And as we come here to John chapter 4 and verse 31 through 38, uh, the first 30 verses of John 4 have been the story of this woman that has come for water. She met Jesus. The conversation took place where she recognized and realized that Christ was the Messiah. He was the only one that could ever take away her sin. She left her water pot, went to the city, proclaimed the message, I've been born again, Come me a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And so 30 power-packed, action-filled verses of God moving and God saving a lost individual and uh, bringing her into the family of God. Well, we come to verse number 31, and this is kind of like a parenthesis. You know, it's kind of like a pause in the action because it says in verse number 30 that the men have, or the, the people are coming out of the city to meet Jesus. So the action is paused. Remember back in the old days when you had the pause button on your video player, VHS? You know, you paused it and it was like free. I and mean, that's what's taking place here, right? And uh, man, the pause, and so what's happening? Uh, the disciples in the meanwhile, they say, Jesus, we brought you Burger King. Man, we brought you fresh Subway. Uh, man, we got pizza here for you. We've got dinner for you. After all, you would not in, uh, go down to the city of uh, Sychar, and uh, you would not eat the meal with us because you were tired. And so you sat on this well. We went down there. We got the food for you. And uh, now it's time for you to eat. Now it's time for you to enjoy the wonderful meal that we provided for you. And uh, what did Jesus say here in verse 32? He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. The disciples came to Jesus, and Jesus was on a pinpointed task. God's called me to uh, preach the gospel. His job was to ultimately go to the cross of Calvary. He came to seek and to save that which was his own, uh, that which was lost. He came to preach that message: "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." There was a purpose in Christ being here, and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, "Jesus, we want you to take a time out from your ministry." And we want you to focus on the food that is before you. They tried to distract the Savior. Oh, there was good intentions. Uh, there was not a, a heart of, we don't like Jesus doing what... No, they, there, was, there was... I mean, man, you bring somebody a meal? I mean, that's... You know, there's, there's great intentions. But Jesus realized, hey, they're trying to get me off course of doing the most important thing, and that's winning people and telling people about Jesus Christ. And so, um, notice here, when it comes to distractions, notice, first of all, Distractions will get us off the, out of the will of God. There, there was a physical distraction. There, we see in verse number 6 of this chapter, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus on the well and was about the sixth hour. Remember that story? Jesus had hiked all day. Most likely, uh, Jesus got up early, and, uh, and they began this journey probably for, at, at the dawn. And uh, remember back in those old days, they didn't have Dunkin' Donuts, you know? There was a drive through McDonald's where you could pull in and order your biscuit and, you know, and, and your sausage. On, you know, that was old days, right? Men, they would get up early. They may have eaten something light as they began that journey. But, man, Jesus is gone from probably 6, maybe 6.30 in the morning uh, till 12, till noon when the woman came, engaged in this conversation. It could very likely be 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Jesus has not had a meal. I don't know about you, but, man, if I get to that state, I get in the grumpy zone. You know what I'm talking about? 
I, I know I know some of you are all spiritual. You're like, yeah, I get up in the morning, drink my protein shake, and then I eat my kale salad, and I do. All, not me, all right. I go, I go, and I go. And if I, but my wife will tell you, if I get to two o'clock and I'm not eating something, I come home and I'm hungry and I'm grumpy. You know, if the house isn't clean, if you know the kids are running around, I get grumpy at them, right? Because I'm hungry. That's really what it is. Not, you know, I'm not trying to be. I'm just hungry. Jesus is hungry. And what's he focused on? He's not focused on the bread that's before him, but he's focused on the will of God. Physical distractions sometimes will cause us to get off course and lose the focus in the ministry that God's called us to. I was talking to Brother Rowan this morning. I said, you know, Mrs. Rowan, Brother Rowan, you're here in the hospital. And uh, right now, we could say that you're weary from your journey. Maybe you had a stroke on Tuesday. Maybe you're tired and worn out physically. You're, you're aching. I said, man, don't lose focus of what God's called you to do. I said, Mrs. Rowan, I said, listen, there may be nurses that come in going through difficult times or hard times, and, and uh, boy, they need an encouragement from the Bible. Listen, uh, no matter what your situation may be, hey, don't let physical distractions hinder you from doing the will of God. Uh, I think about Jesus. There is, he was tempted by the devil in John, uh, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. Man, no, no food. And uh, there Satan comes to Jesus and said, hey, turn the stones into bread. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 4, 4? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus you know, made it clear to Satan, listen, you can't distract me. You can't get me off focus. You can't get me off kilter. I've got a job to do, and I'm not focused upon temporal, physical satisfaction. I'm focused on the will of God. So what's the lesson we learn from the Lord? Weariness is not an excuse to become focused upon yourself. You know, so many times that's what we do. Well, you know what? I went through this trial. I'm going through this situation. So me, 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 take care of me. No, Jesus did not follow that pattern. He simply was focused. I may be hungry, but I'm focused upon this lost woman. I'm focused on the lost city that's coming to hear the gospel. I wonder this morning, are you allowing your physical uh, disabilities, the physical distractions to interrupt your service for the Savior? Distractions. I'm going to use their physical distractions, but I think about the pleas of the, of the disciples here in verse number, uh, verse number 31. In the meanwhile, notice his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Notice the plea. Notice the prayer. Hey, Jesus, would you eat? You, when we pray, what do we do? Remember, we're asking God, we're petitioning God to do something. What were the disciples doing? They didn't just take the, like sometimes we do, we go to the store and we just plop the groceries down there in the, in the floor and, you know, and just whatever. You, no, they brought the Big Mac back and they're like, Jesus, here's the Big Mac, eat the Big Mac, right? Hey, Jesus, eat this food. Uh, I want you to, uh, to get your energy and strength. There was a plea behind the prayer. They wanted Jesus to engage and to enjoy the food that they put before him. You know, so many Christians get distracted because of the pleas and the prayers of others for the negative. Um, I, I think about, I, I mentioned earlier, a couple months ago, about I was preaching in North Carolina back in October, and there was a uh, young couple that had just gotten married. Before they had gotten married, I had talked to them, and uh, they were going to the mission field. And God's called us to go. And uh, we're going to do it, right? They got married, and uh, now the girl does not want to go to the mission field. And the reason she doesn't want to go to the mission field is because mama's down the block, and uh, I don't want to leave the comforts of home. And, uh, man, you know, just a litany of different excuses. But what's the problem? The problem is, hey, the pleas of a mama 
the pleas of an in-law, the prayers of somebody else distracted them from the call of God for their life. Listen, if God's called you to do something, and God's called us all to be a witness for him, he's called us all to live for him, don't let the distraction of somebody else's manipulation get you off focus of the will of God. Man, so many times I've seen it. So many times it's, it's happened. In Bible college, man, there was guys that would not do the will of God because of, of the tears of somebody else. Not only was it the pleas and the prayers, the physical distractions, but then about the people that tried to get them off course, right? The disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, great preachers of the gospel, right? Hey, their own, the, the traveling group of buddies tried to get Jesus off, off course. You know, your friends and your family and those closest to you may try to get you distracted from God's best for your life. They may try to get you distracted. Um, Jesus was on his way to the cross, and Peter uh, heard the message, I'm going to die at Jerusalem, I'm going to suffer. And what did Peter say? No, you're not, Jesus. And Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You're hindering God's will. You're hindering God's best. But Peter tried to distract the Lord. There in and uh, as Jesus in Mark 3, 31 through 35 was teaching and preaching, Mary, his mom, and his brothers came to see him, tried to, from, from what it implies, the text and the context is, they wanted to bring Jesus home. Hey, you've been in public ministry, healing the sick, preaching the gospel, proclaiming the message, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, and uh, it's time for you to come home, it's time for you to take care of things at home. And they tried to get him off course, and what did Jesus say? He said, my brothers and my mom and my sisters, they're those that do the will of God. They're the ones that are busy plugging away. You're not going to distract me from God's will for my life. They're in Luke chapter number 9 and 50, uh, verse 59 through 62. Those disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go home and say goodbye to mom and dad, bury my parents. Let me go home and finish this business. Let me go home and do this thing. And Jesus said, listen, the fox of holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus said to those three disciples that were going to join his band of, of, of friends and disciples, listen, hey, don't quit. Stay focused. Don't let business, don't let the fact that Jesus suffered, don't let the fact that mama wants you home distract you from doing the will of God for your life. Can I ask you this morning, what's distracting you from, from doing the will of God? What's distracting you? Uh, the people, the pleas, the, the physical distractions. Verse 31, I see the plan. Sometimes plans interrupt us from doing the will of God. What was the disciples' plan? The disciples' plan was for Jesus to eat the food. That was their goal. That was their end game. Sometimes our plans are not God's plans. Uh, your plan may be to make money and retire and then follow the Lord. I, I know a friend of mine, he wants to, uh, he wants to be, uh, work with uh, homeless kids in Chicago. And his attitude, and he's told me, he said, Preacher, he said, when I uh, finish building my business, then I'm going to go full-time and do the, do the work God's called me to. What's he focused on right now? He's focused on his business instead of being focused on doing the will of God for his life. He's off course and off kilter. Why? Because he's distracted by his paycheck. I wonder what's, dis what's causing you to be distracted. James 4.13, go to now. Ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. I wonder, are you obeying the plan and the will of God for your life? Are your personal plans interfering with the will of God for your life? Well, preacher, I'm going to do this. Preach, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, what does God want you to do? 
You know, the disciples had great intentions. Jesus, eat the food. It's good. It's healthy. It's wholesome. Hey, it will give you energy to sustain your ministry even longer. Man, this is wonderful, right? But no, that was not the will of God. What is it in your life that is hindering you from doing God's best for your life? Not only that, not only the plans. I think about the story of, in Genesis 11 of Terah, Abraham's father-in-law, or father. Remember, God called Abraham to leave the earth of the Chaldees. But it says in Genesis 11 that God told Terah, Terah, get out of Ur. Man, get out of that land. Get out of the wicked culture and the ungodly idols in that land. And you start walking as a pilgrim. And we read in Genesis 11, the pilgrim journey for Abraham and Terah began. The Bible says that Terah came to, came to the land of, of uh, yeah, came to, the land, uh, came, came to uh, what was that land there? He came to Herod outside and in Herod. Terah got settled in the city, lived to be 205 years old, but he died outside of the will of God. Man, Terah had some great plans and great ideas, but what happened when all of a sudden his plans didn't check with God's plans, Terah said, I'm going to take a time out from the will of God and the pilgrim journey of faith, and I'm going to get settled in the land outside of God's best. He got settled out of the will of God. Are your plans interrupting God's will for your life? I think about not only that, but man, I know some that get distracted by the party, by the sin that, that envelops them. God says, do this. God says, this is the way. Walk ye therein. God says, this is my plan for you. And boy, sometimes the cares of this world, sometimes the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life will allow and cause others to say no to God's best. Why? Because they want to do their own thing. I want to live my own way. I want to do my own things. And God says, no, this is what I expect from you. And they say, no, I wonder, are you allowing your sin to interrupt God's plan best for your life? So we see, number one, the distractions. But notice as it goes on there in verse number 32, notice Christ's determination. He says, but he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. They said, uh, verse 23, Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him out to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and finish his work. Notice here the call. The call of Christ is, is, is mission. His commission would be the gospel message. That message was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The salvation message to the Gentile was a foreign message to those disciples. You realize that? The disciples thought that Jesus was focused just on the Jews. And what's he doing? Reaching the Samaritan. This half-breed. This woman that's full of sin. Why is Jesus focused on her? That message was a foreign message to those disciples. But boy, it was a heartbeat of the Savior. In Acts, God told Peter to rise and eat and go preach to the Gentiles. Paul turned his attention from the Jews to the Gentiles. Jesus knew the gospel was for whosoever will may come. And the disciples saw Christ talking to that woman. And they were confused by what the Savior was doing. There was a confusion in this determined the call, the confusion. They were focused on the physical. Jesus was focused on the eternal. We need the vision of Christ. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. And on the cross, he saw the condemned thief. He saw a weeping lady, and he saw a grieving world that needed him. He was focused upon his tasks. I wonder, are you focused today? The determination, the call, the confusion. But notice in verse 34, the clarification. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work. Don't you love how Jesus is very clear when it comes to illustration? You know, Jesus didn't do appetizers here. He didn't, be, you know, he didn't say, well, let's have you know, this uh, spit, uh, split pea soup appetizer and then this weird sandwich and garnish. And, and uh, let's have, you know, he's like, let me talk about the meat. Let me just get right to the meat and potatoes of it. Let me just hammer down 
Jesus said, you want clarification? You're confused? All right, my, me, my job is to do the will of him that sent me. He clarified it. What was his focus? What was his mission? What was Christ's determination? His determination was to do the will of God. Uh, Paul made that statement, this one thing I do. Not these 50 things I dabble in. Paul didn't say, hey, I'm going to go to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, Thessalonica, Corinth, all in two days and get the job done and go home and play tiddlywinks all day. No, Paul said this one thing, I'm focused on one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on this singular thing, getting the job done for God. I wonder, are you focused on God's best, on God's will? Jesus, what's your focus? I'm going to the cross. I'm reaching people, preaching the gospel message. Focus. There was not, the focus was not to set up the kingdom. The focus was not to do good works, though that came along with his ministry. It wasn't to do the miracles, though that happened. The focus of Christ was, hey, God's called me to preach the gospel. He's called me to do his work, to finish his work. So we see, he said his face is a flint to go to Jerusalem and die on the cross. He was focused. There was a determination. So the distraction, uh, the distraction that could have been in Christ's way, the determination of Christ. But notice in verse, verse number 35, notice the demonstration. Or we could say the illustration. Uh, Jesus said, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, are ready to harvest. Here, the illustration is out of a cotton field. Uh, perhaps as Jesus was walking that morning with the disciples, they, they walked past the cotton fields. And uh, maybe, uh, and, and some folks would dis, uh, you know, go back and forth with it, but the illustration is, uh, Jesus said, say ye not, there are yet four months, and then come with the harvest. What most likely had happened was they had just had a planting time. And you know how it is summer or springtime rolls around. You till the garden upright, and then you put those little seeds in there. You water the garden for a week, and man, there's no fruit, right? But all of a sudden, that one day it gets warm, and the sun beats down, and you see the plants sprout. That is most likely what was taking place. The ground had just been planted. The seeds had just been planted. They had been watered. And now there was the first, you saw that first little plant as it burst through that, that, that soil. And boy, they saw that the whole time as they're walking. And the Jesus said, you know what? You look at those plants. You look at that corn. You look at that cotton. You look at these plants. And you know where they're at right now. And in four months, it's going to be harvest time. Jesus said, let me just take a time out and say something. It's not harvest time in four months. The harvest time's right now. He said, guys, you see the cotton plants. By the way, some of you probably picked cotton growing up. Cotton picking hands. That's southern, I think, right? Let me see, is it in my book, How to Speak Southern? It may be. But, uh, but you know, cotton picking hands, right? Go pick that cotton. I know some, you know, burlap sacks, and boy, you're out there picking it and grabbing it and all that good stuff. Jesus said, listen, harvest is not four months from now. The harvest time's right now. Jesus said, hey, lift up your eyes. What, what is he saying? He's saying, disciples, get the right vision, get the right focus, get the right mindset. It's not later on that you're going to witness. It's not next month, next year, five years from now. No, today, you need to be busy about the master's business. And Jesus illustrated it very clearly. It's time to get busy serving God. What do we say so many times? We say, I've got plenty of time to serve God. I've got plenty of time. Hey, after all, I'm 25 years old. I'm 35, I'm 45, I'm 55. You know what Brother Rowan? He's almost 80 years old. You know what he thinks? He thinks he's a young guy, right? And he doesn't think he's old. He is old, all right? Newsflash. Uh, if you're 79, you're old, all right? But you know what? He thinks he's young, right? What, what, what do we think? We think, well, you know what? I've got plenty of time. No, you don't have plenty of time. 
You're not guaranteed. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. Hey, you're here this morning without Christ. That's why the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year. Today, you got to be saved today. Don't put it off. Don't delay. Why? Because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You could get in your car. Go driving down the road and be T-boned by a truck. Man, it could be your last day. I could be down to the hospital visiting your family this afternoon. Hey, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Hey, that's why Jesus said today you need to be saved. Today, believer, get rid of the distractions in your life. Get rid of the sin. Get rid of the, the physical uh, distractions. Get rid of the pleas of others. Get rid of everything that's hindering you from the will of God. And surrender to God. Say, yes, all to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I'm not putting it off. I'm not delaying, but I'm focused and hoping. In. Why? Because there's a job for me to do today. Jesus said, look, here comes the city. It's coming to meet me. They're all coming out to hear the message that's being preached. Guys, don't delay. Don't sit back and say, well, tomorrow, because tomorrow may not happen. We must be busy about the Savior. The attitude is, I have the rest of my life to surrender to Christ. And the reality is, and that's your mind, that you most likely will never surrender to Christ. What did Jesus say? Jesus said the service uh, is the focus of God. The service needs to be the focus of God's will for our life. He says in verse number 36, And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That's what we need to be doing, gathering the fruit for unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reap, reapeth. I sent you to reap, wherein you bestow no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. What did Jesus say? He said it's harvest time. It's time to do the mission work. It's time to go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. It's time for us to get busy, folks. We're living in a day and a time where the message is so urgent. You know, I find so many of God's people are just sitting back, distracted by the cares of this world. I wonder, what's distracting you? What's holding you back? Why did you not this past week take the message and go out of your way and tell somebody about Christ? Why are you scared to... Step out of your comfort zone and do the will of God. Is it your pride? Hey, pride can be a distraction. Is it, well, you know, I've I got to do these things. For, no, listen, step out of your comfort zone and get busy doing the will of God for your life. We see the great illustration. It's harvest time. Let's stop delaying. Let's stop being distracted. And let's focus on God's will for our life. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Well, I believe there's a lot of folks here this morning that are distracted. Lord, broke my heart in this week studying as I was praying through our church. And, and uh, Lord, just, just really asking you to move and work. I believe we, we've got a lot of distractions. Or in our mindset, in our eyes, there may not be bad distractions. Nothing wrong with eating a, a sandwich. Jesus fed the 5,000. There's nothing wrong with... With, uh, with, with enjoying the, the blessings that come from God, but when we've got a job to do for you, Lord, even some good things may become distractions. And, and I pray this morning that, that, Lord, we would just let go of those distractions. Lord, we, may we surrender to the will of God for our life. Lord, there may be one this morning that's not trusted Christ and be their Savior, and, and Lord, they, they may die and spend eternity separated from you. I pray that they would, uh, Lord, realize that. And Lord, may today be the day of salvation for them. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I, I wonder how many would say this morning, Pastor Schwanky, I've been distracted. I know God has a job for me to do. Man, I may be distracted by money, may be distracted by the pleas of others, by physical distraction, whatever it may be, whatever God's dealt with you about. But 
I wonder how many to say, Pastor Schwanky, this morning, God's dealt with me. Holy Spirit's done a work in my heart, and there's an issue that I need to deal with that's distracting me from the will of God. Would you pray for me? God spoke to my heart. If that's you, would you slip your hand up all over the room? Praise God. Amen. God spoke to my heart. Good. Number of hands. Good. Preacher, pray for me. I've been distracted. I realize it's hindered my walk with God. I wonder, lastly, would there be one that would say, Preacher, I don't know Christ as my Savior. I'm not sure if I died today, I can go to heaven, but I know Jesus died for me on the cross and he rose again. And today I need to be saved. Preacher, would you pray for me? I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I want to get that settled right now. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? I want to embarrass you, won't call you out, but I'd like to pray for you. Preacher, not sure if I die today, I go to heaven. But I want to get that settled this morning. Pray for me. Here's my hand. Here's my hand. Well, Father, you've seen the hands and Lord, you know what we need to do, and so I pray that we'd surrender to you today in Jesus' name. Amen.